Hi, I'm Michael Carter, lead pastor of the Life Church, and I just want to thank you for watching this rebroadcast of this week's message. We hope it's an inspiration to you and that there will be things that you can apply to your life that will help you along your journey. I'm really glad that you're wanting to grow in your relationship with Jesus, and I believe the Word of God will help you do just that. So be encouraged, and if there's something in the message that helps you, we want you to respond. So leave a comment, prayer request, or even a question below. We want you to know that we're with you on your journey. So God bless you and have an amazing week. Here's this week's message. We're starting a new series today called The Facets of Faith. The Facets of Faith. This word facet simply means one side of a many-sided thing. That's what, what facet means. And so we're going to look at many sides of the life of faith. And we want to really get to the central question. What does it mean to be full of faith? You know, the Bible said of Stephen, you ever heard of Stephen? Stephen was a man who was full of faith. When they were looking for, when they were looking for new disciples and they were looking for uh, the first deacons, they looked for, for men who were full of faith. And Stephen was full of faith. And so what does it mean to be full of faith? That's our central question. And our base scripture is going to be Hebrews 11. We'll get to that in a minute. But if you have your Bible or you have a way to get the scripture, go ahead and turn on over to Hebrews 11. Even if you know it, even if you got it memorized, turn there. Turn there. Amen. We're going together. We're going together. And so we want to answer this question. What does it mean to be full of faith? And what does faith look like? What does faith look like? I want to tell you something this morning. And that is that faith is not some mystical thing. You know, it's kind of like we use these words in church, faith and anointing. And, you know, we really don't know what they look like. And, that, and what happens is when you don't really know what it looks like, you can just use it any kind of way. Oh, yeah, sister so-and-so was anointed. She sang a high note and she was anointed. Well, how do you know? Is that what anointing looks like, a high note? What does anointing look like? What does faith look like? How do you know what something looks like unless you see the results of it? Come on now. How do you know what something looks like unless you see the results of what it looks like? And God is a results God. And that means he's going to shape your life. You're going to be on the potter's wheel. Come on. Now, where we get tripped up is sometimes the results don't come in the way or as fast as we think they should. And often that's not God's fault. <laughs> it's because we've been planting orange seeds and we're like, I can't wait for this apple tree to come up. What you planting? Come on. We need to look in the mirror sometimes. We need to look in the mirror. And so this question, what does faith look like? When we look at this chapter, Hebrews 11, what you have to realize is that Jewish Christians were ongoing, undergoing this fierce opposition, this fierce persecution at the time, socially, physically, from Jews and from Romans. They were under pressure. These new believers, they were evaluating Jesus and the life of Jesus. And their faith was at risk. It was at risk, see? And, and they, they got, Christ had obviously not returned yet. 
And they were in their mind saying, we are full of faith and, 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 and this opposition is coming against us. And we want to validate that Christianity is true. So they began to have meetings and they began to talk together. And they sent people from Antioch back to Jerusalem to ask questions about the law and how that has to do with this new thing, the way. And they were discovering things. And in the midst of all of that, God gave his spirit and he gave revelation. He didn't leave a people floundering, wondering, is this thing real? I want to tell you this morning that you're not a people who are going to be floundering, wondering, is this thing real? Can I tell you this morning, it is real. It is real. God is real. I mean, we could have a scientific conversation this morning about God and God being real. And I could hear some of the arguments, the ridiculous arguments. Come on, I don't want to get into it now. Some of the, the silly, ridiculous, crazy arguments against the fact that God is real. See, you've been, you've been used to being on the other side of it. You've been used, to, you've been used to, to people saying, you're just so ridiculous with this faith and believing in a God you can't see. I'm here to tell you this morning that I'm the other way. I'm looking at people like, how ridiculous and stupid, dumb and ignorant are you to believe that you were a plant and all of a sudden you just uprooted yourself and started to walk out of nowhere? Really? There was nothing and then there was something? Who's ridiculous? I'm here to tell you this morning that God is real and you can count on that. Come on, somebody. You can count on it. You can count on it. And God wants us to be a people who are full of faith. This book of Hebrews, it's, it's a must-read manual. I don't know if you've ever sat down and just read through the book of Hebrews, but, but this book is a must-read manual for those of us uh, who want to do things that Jesus did. And we, we can read about in the Gospels the things that he did and how he raised the dead and how he healed the sick and how he drove out demons. And you can read through Acts about how the disciples, the apostles and the disciples did the same thing in the name of Jesus. Come on. But when you get to Hebrews, it really breaks it down for you. It tells you what faith looks like. What faith looks like when it's in motion, people. And I want to lay the foundation out today as we move into this fall season together about the motion of faith how faith is active and it's moving. Hebrews chapter 11. I know a lot of you have it memorized, but beginning at verse 1, I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, if that's okay. I know I, every week I keep saying how I love the New King James and then I read something else, but I do love it. I do. But the English Standard Version, verses 1 through 3 and then verse 6 says this, now faith is. Somebody say, now faith is. Now faith is. Say, now faith, now faith is. If you're taking notes this morning, then write down, now faith is. Faith is not something that's future. It's not something that's going to happen. It's not something in the afterlife we'll learn about. Now faith is. The assurance of things hoped for. The conviction or the evidence of things not seen, that means with these two eyes. For by it, people of old received their commendation. By faith, we understand that the universe was created by the word of God, so that what is seen 
was not made out of things that are visible. And without faith, verse 6, it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe, the versions say that he is, that he exists, and that he rewards those who seek him. Other versions say those who diligently seek him. He rewards those who seek him. In these few verses, we define faith. We see faith defined. We see faith commended. And we see faith lived out. Now faith is. Now faith is. You remember when you were real young, maybe some of you even today, and your birthday was, was coming close and you got excited and anxious and it, you were full of wonder and you, you hoped for something. I mean, for me, it was, it was Christmas time. I just, I just couldn't wait. It didn't even matter what I got. It's just the anticipation of that time and that season. You know, birthdays combine assurance and anticipation, right? You know, uh, mom's going to get me something. Dad's going to get me something. If they, don't, they can't get me something, grandma's sure enough going to get me something. I know grandma's going to get me something, right? And so you have, you have that assurance in you. You're not even worried about it. I'm not going to get something, right? But you also have that anticipation. You see, that's what a life of faith is. Yes, it's anticipation, but it's also that assurance. I know that God loves me, and I know that God is going to come through in this situation. God's Word version says it this way in verse 1. It says, faith assures us of things we expect and convinces us of the existence of things we cannot see. God accepted our ancestors. He accepted them because of their faith. I said God accepted our ancestors because of their faith. You think you can live a life without faith? You think you can live a Christian life without faith? We just read in verse 6, it's impossible. I don't know what your, your, your view on impossible is. Not possible. You cannot please God at all without faith. And our ancestors were accepted because of their faith. Faith is important. Faith is important. In fact, faith is not an object. Faith is not a thing. Faith is not something that you pull off the shelf when you need something, when you're in trouble, when the bills are due, or when this relationship is in trouble, or when you find yourself in some sin and you figure out, how did I, you're trying to figure out, how did I get here and I need God's help to deliver me? All of a sudden now I'm going to have faith? No. Faith is a life. Faith is a walk. Faith becomes who you are. Then you won't have to worry about things and all of that. Faith is a walk. It's called the faith walk. Come on. The word translated substance here, faith, now faith is the substance. It, it also means assurance. And it also means confidence. It also means confidence. It comes from this Greek word, hypostasis. And hypostasis comes from two words, under and to stand, under and to stand. Now faith is to understand, to get a revelation. And I don't know if you understand what I'm trying to say to you by understanding. It means I see clearly now. 
You ever, you ever uh, had somebody try to explain something to you and all of a sudden you got it? And then they, 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 didn't, they weren't sure if you got it. So they're like, no, Jody, what I'm trying to say. And you're like, listen, I got it. I can tell you now. I got it. Like it came to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. Got it. Got it. That kind of a thing. That's what I'm talking about. You understand. You get a clear vision of what, who, and what God is, right? You understand it. It's the Lord's guarantee to fulfill the faith he inbirths in you. Now I have a, now I see. Job said it. Job went through all that he went through. And, and toward the end, in, in chapter 42, I believe it's somewhere around verse 8, if I remember correctly. He said, I have heard of you by the hearing of the ear, but now I see. This is the point that I want to get you to. Now I see. Now I see. Now I see, Lord. Now I see. Now I don't have to wonder. Now I don't have to be timid when I say I'm healed in Jesus' name. Now I don't have to be timid when I say I'm delivered from this thing that nothing else could deliver me from. You know, I went to everything I could do. I went to therapy. I tried Noom. I did everything I could and couldn't be delivered. <laughs> but I'm delivered in Jesus' name. Now you don't have to be timid when you say that. Why? Because you understand. You understand. Uh, another way to look at that is you're actually standing under an agreement. I'm under an agreement that God has with me. A covenant that he has with me. A covenant that God does not break. He will never break his covenant. He'll never break it. Faith is not belief of the evidence of the senses. You know, people, people all, you know, they, they always wonder, do you know what's happening? Can we, uh, I can't see it. That's not what faith is. It, faith is not the senses. Faith is something inside. I know. Somebody used to say, I know in my knower. Right? I know. I know for a fact what it is. Faith is an uninterrupted state of inner confidence. Watch this now. Watch this. Rooted, now listen to me closely, in legal standing. You have legal standing. When you, when you give yourself to the Lord, when you say, Lord Jesus, I confess my sin, and I believe that you died for my sin, and on the third day, you, the Holy Spirit raised you, God raised you from the dead, and I accept you into my life. You are changed forever, and now you have pedigree. You are part of the family. You are part of the body. You have the name, and nobody can take that away from you. you you've got the name now. I have the name, so I have legal right Legal standing that God's new and fresh promises are already ours, not going to be ours. What God promised me is going to be mine one day. But God is saying, what I promised you is already yours. And don't let the devil turn your head. Yeah, but you know, I just, I messed up yesterday and I, I did. God will deal with all that. I'm not telling you you're going to get away with anything. God, God is like a daddy. He's going to get you. But he's going to get you on the right track. He's not going to get you just to get you. He's not out to get you. See, 
That's why you don't have to hide from God. Oh, I did this thing. You don't have to be like Adam and Eve running and hiding. Where God said, where you at? Joe, where you at? I know where you at, Joe. I just want you to know where you at. Where you at, Joe? Don't hide from him. Come right to him. Lord, I know I did the thing. He'll get you right and get you right back on the right track. Come on. He'll get you right. You don't have to hide from him. So you have a legal standing. Faith, what is it? It is a confidence. Come on. It is a confident standing of assurance regarding unseen things, number one. And it's a continual positioning of yourself, yourself, under the authority of an agreement of things God has said. Now, I know that's a lot of words, but just, just let it soak in. It's a continual. This is why I say it's a life of faith. It's not a one-time thing. Yeah, when you, when, you, when you respond to an altar call, you respond to God calling you and say, yes, I give my life to you, Lord. Yes, that is a one-time event. But the life of it is not. The life is a continual positioning of yourself under the authority of an agreement, the authority of an agreement of the things that God has said. That means no one can take it away. It's not an agreement that can be ripped up like a contract. It's not an agreement that can be reneged on like you play in spades. Some of y'all know about that, right? It's not, it's not something that can be taken back. It's an agreement that God made with you. It's a decision to subject all of life to God's will and his promises. Whatever you say, Lord. Whatever you say. I go back to, I know I've said this often times in the past, but I, I just got to go back to this. And that's Mary, Mary, Mary had the greatest revelation to me of faith. And, and she didn't even use the word faith. Y'all know what I'm, some of y'all know what I'm talking about because I've said it so many times. But, but to those of you who haven't heard it before, I want you to think about this. When, when, when Jesus uh, was at the wedding, he probably didn't want to be there because he said, my time is not yet. But you know you got to be. Your mama said, come to the wedding. You and get your friends and come to the wedding. Jesus had to go to the wedding. And then she came and said, Jesus, they out of wine. I, I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm just here. I don't even want to be here. Why are you telling me this? She didn't even pay attention to him. I, a woman, it's not my time yet. Whatever he says, do it. That's what she told the servants. She turned away from Jesus. That's what a mama, no, no one else could do that. See, Paul and them can't do that. But a mama, come on. Boy, don't, whatever he says, do it. That's the greatest revelation, obedience to the word of faith. Of whatever he says, do it. Whatever he says. It's a decision to subject all of life to God's will and his promises. So then whatever he says is in his word. So what his word says is true. Why don't we believe that? We try to add something to it. Yeah, but, you know, the way I see it, well, don't, I don't want to say that. I was going to say, don't nobody care the way you see it. It's, it's, I mean, I do. I care. But it's more about the way God sees it because that's the truth, right? I mean, you see it. I see it a certain way. I get that. We have our opinions, but at the end of the day, this is the only opinion that matters. Come on. It's the only opinion that matters. Without faith, it is impossible to please him. 
For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he is, must believe that he exists, and that he rewards those who diligently seek him. There's condition. So we talk about God's unconditional love. I believe in God's unconditional love, but there's also some conditions. Come on. He rewards those who diligently seek him. What does that tell you? If you don't diligently seek him, come on, right? There's only but <laughs> We must believe that God is. Somebody say God is. God is. He is. I believe in his character. He doesn't lie. He's good. He's a covenant-making, keeping God, right? This is only the beginning. He's not going to settle for simply acknowledgement that he is. He wants to be part of your life. He don't want to be part of your life. He wants to be your life. You know, there, there used to be, uh, young people may not know this because I don't even know if people pay attention to bumper stickers anymore. But there used to be this bumper sticker that Christians had. Say, God is my co-pilot. Anybody remember that, seeing that? God is my co-pilot. And I think it's great. The sentiment is wonderful. It's just absolutely theologically incorrect. Because God is not your co-pilot. God is the pilot. He's the plane. He's the gas. He's the air. He's everything. God is. God is. See, this tells us that faith is a verb. That's what's happening. No, no, that's lost on most. But it's pictured in Scripture like a shield that we would use to fight, to resist fiery darts and advance through opposition. Faith is a verb. God is. And then it allows us to understand that God will do what he says he will do. When we believe that God will fulfill his promises, even though with our own two human beady eyes, we don't see the promises materialize them. That's when we demonstrate faith. God will do what he says he will do. Over in John chapter 20, I remember a story about Thomas. You guys remember doubting Thomas. You remember him, right? The Bible talks about him. He was actually nicknamed the twin, but it says uh, he wasn't with the others when Jesus came. I'm recanting the story to you. And they told him, we've seen the Lord, but he said, I won't believe it unless I see it. How many of you have said that? How many of us have said that? I won't believe it until I see the nail wounds in his hand. I'll put my fingers in it. He just didn't want to stop with seeing them. I won't put my fingers in it and make sure it's not a magic trick. And place my hand on the, into the wound in his side. Well, eight days later, the disciples were together again. And this time, Thomas was with them. Doors were locked. Suddenly, Jesus was standing among them. Peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound on my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus said to him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without having seen me. The disciples saw Jesus do many other miracle signs in addition to the ones recorded in this book. But these are written so that you may continue to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing in him, you will have life, watch this, by the power of his name. That's why we did the name of Jesus before faith. By the power of his name. I love this 
portion of scripture because it shows us the nature of God dealing with us as we grow in faith. He's not going to leave you behind. There's no condemnation. Wherever you are in your walk, no condemnation from God. He's willing to come near uh, and help us like he did for Thomas here in our time of unbelief. And at the same time, he knows that faith is active on our part. God reaches down, but he brings us to where he is. He brings us to where he is. So this is why uh, we, we talk about faith defined. What is faith? This is the faith life. Faith is active. Faith is believing. God is. Faith is whatever he says, do it. It's a response to God's word. That's all it is. It's a response to God's word. And then faith commended. We see this here. For by it, faith, people of old receive their commendation. Right. As, as men and women follow God and live by this kind of faith, there's a dynamic shift that takes place in the way that we live on earth. Heaven and earth both take notice. Those who have gone before us. Listen, I want you to think of it like this. Those who have gone before us, they've they've run their race. And I like to think of it like they're they're on standing on heaven's balcony cheering us on. They're cheering you on. Go. I know you're going through it, but go. Get up. You can do it. Get up. You can do it. I, I saw a little a video on, on social media uh, of this little girl who um, they were running hurdles, and she couldn't have been more than 12, 13 years old, 11, 12, 13 years old. So it must have been a junior high track meet. And uh, they, you know, they sounded the gun and they, they took off and, and, and she jumped the first hurdle. But then the second hurdle, she fell. And it was her mom who was videoing. And she said, oh, no, my baby fell down. Oh, oh. And then but but the girl didn't pay attention to that. She got up and everybody was like way ahead of her. She got up. That girl started running. And I mean, she started jumping hurdles. People started cheering. She caught up to all the other people after knocking down her. You maybe have never run hurdles, but when you knock down a hurdle, that's it. I mean, you, it's hard to get back up, you know, and catch everybody up. That girl, it looked like everybody else was being still, like they were just jogging, like they knew they won. I mean, this girl was running so fast, she jumped every hurdle, and she killed them. I mean, she didn't just win the race. She killed them. Come on. And this is what the, 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 those who have gone before us are saying, get up, you can do it. Come on, it doesn't matter. You think you're far behind, but get up and start running. Get up and start running. You can do this. Let's go. Get up. I know you've been knocked down. I know you've been pushed back. But we're telling you we've done it. We've been there. We've been through it. I've been on a ship that fell apart and I had to grab onto pieces just to get to land. Come on. I've been in the belly of a whale. I've been in the den of lions. I've been in a fiery furnace. I've been there and you can do it. Get up. Get up. Get up. Get up. Come on. That's what they're telling us. Get up out of that grave. But they've run their race. Now it's time for you to run your race. Now it's your time. And, and one day, Lord willing, and the creek don't rise, or if Jesus doesn't come back first, let's just say it that way, you'll be cheering somebody on. You'll be cheering somebody on. Just the question for you is, are you going to be named among those who walk their faith walk and walk through it, 
who walked through it. Over in Luke chapter 18, Jesus said, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Jesus is saying to you today, will I find faith on earth? Or because of the economy and because of all the things that are going on, did you just decide to give up? Will I find faith on earth? Will I find it? Will I find it? So they were commended for their faith. And they had a faith that was lived out. By faith we understand, says in verse 3, that the universe was created by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of the things that are visible. Here, here, the author of Hebrews really connects the creation account to the operation of faith. There's a direct parallel between Genesis 1 and your daily walk, right? In, in this verse right here, it's almost as if you can hear the author asking you, do you want to know how to live this out? Really? Well, okay. You got to go back to the beginning and understand that God's word, everything is hanging on God's word. How the earth is just going to hang in space? There's nothing, there's no, the, the sun is a gravitational pull. I know we're going, we don't, how does this stuff happen? Right? Out of nowhere, it just was nothing and then something. And then how come that hasn't happened again? If monkeys turned into people, how come monkeys still ain't turning into people? Use my best English. Anyway, I know, we're not talking about that. Just, come on. God's presence, God's word, my alignment to it. We're talking about ultimately results in your life. That's what we're getting to. This is going to be a long series, so just hang on, buckle up. We're going to get there. Faith is a source of any and all spiritual achievement. By it, the elders achieved all that this chapter records. Faith was the secret of who they were and what they did. Faith. What kind of faith did they have? I'm going to leave you with this. They had saving faith. We know it from John 3.16. God so loved the world that he gave his only son. Whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life now. Now. Remember, now faith is. So if you believe in Jesus, you have everlasting life now. Not when you die, you're going to have everlasting life. God's kingdom come, thy will be done on earth. God's kingdom come, God's will be done on earth as it is in heaven. There's a justifying faith. Romans 4, 5, and to the one who does not work but believes in him who justifies the ungodly. His faith is counted for righteousness. Your faith is counted for righteousness, not your works. Your faith, your belief, your confession, your faith. There's an overcoming faith in 1 John 5, 4. For everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. You are an overcomer. You are more than a conqueror. It may not look like it to you, but you are. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith, our faith, and then great faith. 
They had great faith in 1 Corinthians 12. It says a spiritual gift is given to each of us so that we can help each other to the person, the spirit, to one person, the spirit gives the ability of wise advice. To another, the same spirit gives a message of special knowledge, all right, word of knowledge. The same spirit gives great faith to another, and to someone else, the spirit gives the gift of healing. But each of us can achieve great faith. Each of us can achieve that same thing. And then there's an enduring faith. And this is what we're talking about. Don't give up. Don't ever give up. First Peter chapter 1 says, All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. An inheritance that is kept in heaven for you, pure and undefiled, beyond the reach of change and decay. And watch. And through your faith. God is protecting you by his power until you receive his salvation, which is ready to be revealed on the last day for all to see. Through your faith, through your faith, the Christian life is a result of heavenly influence and faith lifts it into these influences. It raises our soul into the heavenly world. It brings future things near to us and makes Christ live right before our eyes the results we'll be able to see it you'll be able to see it i'm talking about manifestation this is what god wants for us it's it's time out for us just living this life of going to church every sunday and having a good time and praising god and wondering what's happening in the heavenlies and the in the in the spiritual realm and you know and we not really see we don't see any results or we don't see anything that's manifest but it's we know somewhere out there things are happening and angels are singing and you know one day i'm going to get there when we all get to heaven what a glorious day that will be can i tell you something today is a glorious day what a glorious day today is what a glorious day today is where two or three are gathered in my name. Now, now faith is. Where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am. Now in the midst. 